Hi, I'm Mike Dilk and you're listening to the Relax Back UK show. The show that explores all kinds of health topics relevant to you, your family and your friends. Each week I talk to expert guests from a range of backgrounds to inform and entertain you. So please do join the Relax Back UK family and stay tuned. Johan Ilgenfritz is the founder of UK Health Radio. Now in his life he's been very ill with cancer and was told by his doctors that they couldn't help him and they gave him 12 months to live. I had no duty. The only thing I had to do was be there for the treatments. Um, Nobody told me to do sport or not to do sport. Nobody told me what to eat or what not to eat. But most importantly, I didn't ask. He started to ask questions, a lot of questions. And that was 12 years ago. He's now one of the fittest people I know. And I started my chat with him by asking about his running and his latest half marathon. Beginning of lockdown, uh, when when all the all the gyms and all the tennis clubs and everything closed down, uh, I started running. And uh, little did I know that I would absolutely love it. So yeah, I've just kept on running. I've run uh, almost three thousand two hundred kilometers since then. Right, <laughs> and. and- uh, yeah, and it's it's amazing. I've run uh, also run seven uh, half marathons now in the time. So this year I'm I'll be doing four. I just finished okay. the Kew Gardens half marathon, which was which is, is an amazing marathon because it's so beautiful. Half of it you run in Kew Garden itself, and then you go out and you run next to the Thames all the way down to Richmond and back. So absolutely magnificent half run. Uh, half and, what, marathon, what was, and what what was your time in that year? Uh, two minutes, uh, two hours and eight minutes. So fantastic! All right. Yeah, it was it's it's not too bad for. I'm, I mean, I'm I'm sixty in November, so it's not too bad. <laughs> not too bad for an old. No, I'd say that's pretty impressive. I mean, it, it it's fast. It's faster than uh, I could do. I have done, and uh, you know, yeah. you're significantly older than me, so. Well yeah. done, brilliant. So we've established well, it was the fastest one, so up to okay. now. So, right. yeah. so we, we've established that you are, you know, fit and healthy. And I, I can see you, all right. The listeners can't see you. You look fit and healthy. And when I talk to you, you always sound fit and healthy. But that hasn't always been the case, has it? By by any means. No, really um hasn't. Um at the my my health issues, as I or as I now call it, um, my life opportunity start actually started when I was was I was almost forty seven years old. So two thousand and eleven. Um, well, first of all, with a with a heart attack on the tennis court, and then uh, a, f- a few months later, I was diagnosed um, with cancer the first time. And that's that's where it all started. I um, I stumbled into radiotherapy, and I, I use the word stumble, um, not not derogatory towards the therapy or anything, but more to explain my state of mind. And at, at the time, um, I had uh, I ended up doing two sets of radiotherapy. And in October of 2011, I was uh, given the all clear, the cancer all clear. Okay. Um, 
But so, so I did had, you have I just had... radiotherapy? Did you have chemotherapy as well? Or... I didn't. No, I only had radiotherapy two sets, as I mentioned. <clears throat> and um, and then, as I said, I, uh, I was given the all clear. But they, I had, there was a feeling that, that stayed with me. Um, and that was the feeling of, of not having been part of the process that I'd just been through. Uh, you know, I had I had no um, I had no duty. The only thing I had to do was be there for the treatments. Um, nobody told me to do sport or not to do sport. Nobody told me what to eat or what not to eat. But most importantly, I didn't ask either. Right. So I was literally just a vessel going through the motions on this. Um, in this very stormy weather, actually, you know, so um, definitely, that's the feeling that I had afterwards. But as you know, when 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 everything goes back to normal, or you get the all clear, everything does go back to normal. Right. Unfortunately, because so, that all was, right. so, uh, so you didn't feel terribly engaged yeah. with the whole process. It was just kind of something that was done to you, and you yeah, know. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. I was, as I said, I was just a vessel. Um, it wasn't. I, I wasn't part of the process at all. Um, strange feeling, I have to admit. When I think about it now, ludicrous. But I, even at that stage, I thought, "Wow, that the, the, this is odd. This shouldn't be like this." You know. So. Right. Okay. So anyway, so th that was <clears throat> the first time you had cancer. That you got on with your life again. Back, back to work. Um, back to everything. Correct. Yeah. And, okay. Um, and but and then, that, that um, wasn't the story. That wasn't the end of the story, was it? No, um, unfortunately not. That was um, that was actually only the beginning, <laughs> uh, because uh, six months after that, um, during my first post-cancer screenings, uh, I was told that uh, the cancers had returned with a vengeance, literally, and had spread almost everywhere. So, um, what was the important actually, what part was the of the initial this, cancer, Johan? Um, I actually had uh, two kinds of skin cancer, both times at the same time. Um, the first one is the nodular um, melanoma, mm -hmm. which is the most dangerous skin cancer that you can have, it can literally spread within. Um, become uh, life-threatening within six weeks, literally. Right. And then um, I also had the melanotic melanoma, which is a it's a it's white. It's not. It doesn't go dark. It has. Uh, it doesn't produce um, melanin pigments. Right. So it's really difficult to to see, first of all, and in certain cases, and in my case, it, unfortunately, it it can grow under the skin even. Oh goodness! Right. It's not not entirely, but um, quite a lot of it is under the skin. So those were um, difficult, difficult to see, difficult to diagnose, very difficult, you know, and and spreads um, lungs, liver. Can spread to the lungs, to the liver, um, bones, brain, uh, tummy, literally everywhere. You know. Okay. So, all right. So we're, we're six months on after 
you had been given the all clear to find out that yeah. actually the cancer has spread pretty much everywhere. Is that is that the state? Literally, yes. Um, I mean, um, I even had a, a melanoma in my in my left eye. <laughs> so, uh, which which literally doesn't happen very often, but yeah, that's um, that's what happened. But the important part of this of of this, and I and I, I differentiate between the two, between the first and the second one. The, the difference from my point of view, from me, with the second diagnosis is um, there. There was no stumbling. For some reason, I can I, I distinctly remember sitting in my oncologist's office um, and she telling me, uh, "You basically have twelve months to live. We don't. We can't do anything for you." Um, and I can literally hear my own voice in the back of my head screaming at me. Okay, so the first option hasn't worked. Now go and find another option or options. You know, so like I had a total different, uh, total different mindset towards the whole thing the right. second time. For some reason, I don't know. Maybe it was just that feeling I had after the first completion or that feeling of but yeah i said to myself nobody's going to fight for your life the way you are i mean they right. can't they these are doctors these are they have many patients like myself you know they can't they can't do they can't they go over and above in any case most people and in my case it definitely was like that but nobody's going to fight for my life the way i am right. that is just how it is you know so um and that so you, was so the, you, you, you felt fired up and engaged to do something. You weren't just going to sit there and let whatever was going to happen happen. So you were you, no, you kind definitely. of just let a fire under your belly, a fire in your belly. Yeah, it 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 there was a there was all of a sudden this this purpose, this okay, so that didn't work. Now now find something that will work and find something that'll work permanently. That's basically right. was the, the mindset, you know? Right. So was, yeah, it was, um, wasn't a very easy time. Cause it's not easy when somebody tells you you've got 12 months maximum to live, not easy at all to be, but, um, and even in that, in that case, uh, you know, the, quite often the, the medical professionals get a lot of, um, pushback on telling people how long they have left to live. And I've seen it myself as well. A lot of people, when they get 12 months, they sort of fall apart, almost like I did with the first diagnosis. But in my case, it was, it was motivation. I thought, okay, geez, I've got 12 months, you know, better, better going kind of thing. Literally. So, so, so this, this is, this is like 12 years ago. This happened now. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I was given 12 months and it's 12 years now. Good. All right. So, well, the, the result, the end result, okay, is, is UK Health Radio running half marathons, being in great shape. Yeah. So that, that, that's where we are now. But back 12 years ago, kind of what, what did you do then? So you, you, had, you had this fire in your belly. What was the next thing you did? I, I literally, I walked out of the office. I got in the bus. This was in Hamburg. Um, at that point, I was still living in in Germany, in Hamburg. I got in the bus. I went home, um, made the biggest mistake of my life by not 
telling my dear wife, Rafaela, about the, I told her about the cancer had returned, but I didn't tell her about the maximum 12 months uh, to live. Biggest mistake in my life because um, in that position, if you have the support that I have and don't use it, it's actually quite stupid, you know. So I have, it's, it really is silly. But I, I thought, and she did, she, she found out quite quickly because my health deteriorated relatively quickly um, from then on, you know. But right. so she did find out in the end. So I might as well have told her from the beginning and as well in any case. But in any case, so I went home and literally the same day I started looking for, as I mentioned before, in other, in a, a different way of doing this, you know. A, a, um, and where do you go? There where everybody tells you not to go, the internet. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, I started searching and and searching, and what followed were were very dark seven months, to be quite honest. Until one morning, it was actually two o'clock in the morning. I read um, I read a sentence that literally changed my life, and in the end, ended up saving it. Um, and the sentence is um, by. Uh, a Dr. Warburg, a German biochemist by the doctor by the name of Dr. Warburg, who actually won a Nobel Prize for this discovery. The, the 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 sentence is: "Cancer cannot survive in an oxygenated alkaline cellular environment." And for me, when I read this, it was like I was standing in a in a dark on a dark football pitch in a stadium, and somebody switched on all the lights. All of a sudden. It, it was, I actually woke Rafaela, as I said, two o'clock in the morning. I woke her and I said, literally said to her, I have found a way not to die. Those are my exact words. Um, because I, I, I knew that, and I'd always been a very, a very scientific person, you know, a very, I like science and I, I always went by it and that kind of stuff. And this that I'd found was, um, was the exact opposite, actually. It was, well, well, because it was, because Dr. Warburg won a Nobel Prize for it, it, it got my attention and it, you know, it made me, but what it meant was lifestyle changes. So what that sentence basically means is, um, you can, not your blood's pH. Your blood's pH, you can't change. And um, that is regulated by your body. And we all have a different pH, a blood pH. That is a fact. But what you can do is you can influence your pH level um, on a cellular um, level, so in your cells. And you can do that by um, through nutrition and many other forms of lifestyle changes, which I um, I do now, which of course I did as we learned about it. But the main thing, the first thing that that we tackled was the nutrition side of things. So, I mean, everybody is, everybody's pH, uh, everybody knows 7.2 is neutral for your body. Everything below that is acidic. Everything above that is alkaline. <clears throat> well, 7.2 is is actually alkaline already as well. 
and very simply said that um, cancer cells feed on glucose, on sugar. And anything acidic in your body turns to sugar on a cellular level. So um, you basically supplying the cancer cells with nutrition. <clears throat> now, in in, in seven point uh, two or above that, in an alkaline environment, that doesn't happen, and you basically withdraw what this what the cancer cells um, live on. So you almost, I call it, I starve them to death. Basically, right. it's not a quick fix. Not a quick fix at all. It took me two and a half years, all in all, to get rid of everything, okay. to get rid so, of all the cancer. So, so we'll, <clears throat> we'll come back to kind of what people some what some people say about the, the science of this, etc. But for you, it meant a, yeah. a massive change in 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 your diet. So what what kind of changes? What yeah. sort of things did you cut out, and what sort of things did you start eating? Well, I, I literally became a, a, a vegetarian overnight because, as I said, as I read that, that evening, Rafael and I started researching and, and experimenting with cooking. And what we'd learned, as I said, um, literally became a vegetarian overnight uh, to, to progress into becoming a vegan. Today, I'm an alkaline vegan and have been for about nine nine, ten years already, plus minus. So I only eat alkaline food. So alkaline food, I'm not a nutritionist, so um, but alkaline food is everything green is alkaline, you know? And um and and meats and uh, coffee and tea and that kind of stuff. Um fish, even fish, even chicken. Um, that is all acidic. It all, it's all, I mean, for example, turkey or, or fish is, is only four on the pH scale. So really, really acidic already. You know, um, black tea is the worst thing you can do. Coffee is the worst. A, one cappuccino acidifies your body by 300%. So that's just to give you an idea of, um, Okay, so you so say of, of the enormous change that had to take place and did take place, yeah, yeah. So, so this was a big change that you did, and yeah. pretty much overnight. And you mm -hmm. know, at, at this time, you were you were really ill. You know, so you you were suffering from the effects of of the cancer. You you were yeah. you know you were getting weaker. Presum you didn't presumably you didn't look how you look now. I, I imagine if I saw you then, you would think, good, good grief, that chap looks kind of ill. Um, all right, so how long did it take for you to start feeling yeah. different? Um, before I answer that, I can, I can give you an idea of how ill I was at that point. Um, the same day that, that I read that sentence, it took me 20 minutes to walk up three flights of stairs. Right. To give you an idea of how ill I was. And um, I have photographs, of course, of actually not many, but I have one specific photograph of what I looked like at that point, um, which, you know, I was really ill. I mean, let's face it. It's um, about, Mike, after we started the change, about I'd say it was about two, two and a half months, I had a surge of energy that I hadn't had since I was 25, never mind 46 when I got ill. 
it was unbelievable. Well, at least it felt like it. I, I always joke, I say, uh, for the normal person, it was probably nothing more than a two-foot swell. But for me, it was like I was surfing a tsunami, literally. Yeah. I had this this surge of energy that that I'd never experienced before. It was so amazing. And that, and that just that just consolidated the feeling I had inside me that I was doing the right thing, that it was I was on the right path, you know, which which always helps, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so do do you continue this yeah. diet to now? Absolutely. I, I still today optimize my diet and my lifestyle. I won't say on a daily basis because it's, but I try things all the time, new things that I've, that I learn, that I read, that I hear on UK health radio or that I read separately or however it's uh, for me, it's a, it's a, as I said, I'm, I've been an alkaline vegan now for, it must be really close on about, well, let's just say nine years, definitely, you know? So, um, and I know that, if I would revert to my old lifestyle, it would um, it would come back. I know that I, it's just a feeling, and that I have that I've always had. But it ha- it didn't just stay with nutrition. It it it's gone much further than that. Um, in that sentence, it also says um, oxygenate, and that's what I do with my running. <clears throat> I love it. Um, but it's also I've all, also gone into um, stress, I mean, that is also scientifically proven that stress acidifies your body. Now, none of us can get away from it anymore. Not if we have a functioning family and job and lifestyle, let's face it. That's just how it is. But you can, you can analyze it and you can optimize it and learn to live with it better, if mm-hmm. that makes any sense. For example, in my case, um, I used to be a fashion photographer before all this happened. Um, you know, as a fashion photographer in the fashion world, you are always under time pressure. You are always under the gun. Mm-hmm. And that's what I um, analyzed for myself was my main stress factor, if I could call it that. And, and, and I changed, I changed the, my whole day. I went, I lengthened my day so that I have more time to do things at a at a more normal rate. I, I joke. I I, um, I say now I get up when, as a photographer, I used to go to bed. It's not quite quite right, but um, I just lengthened my day. I get I actually start work, or I I start my day. Let's call it that way at four o'clock in the morning every morning, and. So I just lengthened it to give me more time to to do everything I need to do to put everything in place. Right. Um, well, so, to, to minimise the stress factor of it. From what I know of you, I mean, running UK Health Radio, you know, this is not a five-minute yeah. job. This is quite a big deal, and you know, yeah. you, you you do that. Um, okay, so you, you you say you give yourself a longer day, but you still do everything that you need to do to run this you know what is now quite a big enterprise uh sometimes you might call it a monster i don't know but it's a big thing isn't it <laughs> so it is it yes. a lot of effort to keep it going and you know you yeah. just get on and do that so you, this must take a lot of energy so i want to i want to move on and talk 
before before this, had you sort of dabbled in alternative therapies for various different things? Was was it kind of part of your world? Part of your world of being a fashion photographer and that kind of thing? Not at all, actually. Um, I remember um, literally. I had I had. I had no inclination and no idea about it at all. Literally not. You know, there was. Um, I'd I'd always I'd always been. I call it mainstream health. I'd always been part of the mainstream. That's how I grew up, um, and that's what I thought was it. I'd never heard, as I said, I'd never heard of of lifestyle as in the sense of nutrition and 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 stress reduction through you know through things and meditation and anything like that I always I always thought meditation was something that you know like like monks and stuff did now I meditate on a daily basis and I'm very far away from a monk you know so, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so yeah I mean, it's just yeah now this this is something getting to the crux of it, something that absolutely fascinates me because if, if you talk to scientists that work on cancer research, you know, they, they will say that, oh, yes, stress brings it on. Exercise can be good. And, you know, and having a healthy diet is a good thing. But they, they, I, I've, I've spoken to scientists and say, you know, this thing about this alkaline diet, you know, it's not true. It can't it can't it can't be right. So there's a bit of a clash here because, you know, there's evidence, you know, you are evidence. Admittedly, it's a relatively small N, you know, it's it's not a big experiment. It's an experiment with one person. But the mm -hmm. fact is, you are here and you are thriving. <laughs> and yeah, with, with, and I, I you know, I, I talk to scientists. I, you know, my wife is a cancer research scientist. And um, I haven't necessarily spoken to her about this exact subject. But in, in general, scientists will say, you know, this can't be true. You know, what you eat will not change the, the makeup of your cells, you know, the pH levels of your cells, this, this, this kind of thing. And yeah. they don't say that because they are nasty people, you know, evil individuals. Um, they just don't believe it. So it's kind mm -hmm. of a, a very interesting clash might be too strong a term. Um but there's what, are you, what what do you say about that? Because you know, previously you were scientific. You know, I'm I'm a scientific person. You know, I, I'm an engineer. I, I do things very methodically to the point where it drives yeah. some people nuts. Um, but I, I, it's obviously working for you. So I mean, do, you must have these discussions with. Um, well, maybe you don't anymore. You don't need to. But have you spoken to to doctors about? your experiences and what, you know, what do they tend to say? I, I have spoken to many doctors, um, especially since UK Health Radio um, started. I have spoken to many doctors about it. Some, um, as you mentioned, say can't be, not possible. Um, but there are a lot of, there are, there are a lot of doctors I've spoken with, um, and groups that I've been in and discussions where the medical professional uh, profession is starting, 
is starting to realize that this is a thing. Um, most definitely. It, I mean, it is a scientific a Nobel Prize. You can test it in a lab that cancer cells do not survive in an oxygenated alkaline cellular environment. Yeah. I mean, uh, th- that, th- I'm that sure. is science. That is. And that was, you know, in there's my a big case, difference between in, a Petri dish and a human body, yeah. though. <laughs> no, absolutely. I, I agree with you. But in my case, um, I mean, it took me seven months before I found that one thing, you know, it wasn't. Um, and I had re- I'd read a lot about um, oxygen tanks and all these other things um, that could have helped me. But it, it didn't resonate with me. It didn't work for me. Right. Um, but when I read that, for me, that was science. Nobel Prize, I thought, okay, that was it. And you, and you mustn't forget, you know, um, I had a different motivation. I was busy dying. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I, was, uh, I wasn't going to dabble with things um, that, weren't, that were going to waste my time or that weren't going to work, you know. And that's why I, um, I, I also have a saying that you, you are what you eat, what your food eats, what it's sprayed with, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I don't want to get into that because that's just, that's not what this is about. But only to 50%. And the other 50% is you are what you think. And so many people don't, don't realize that, that that self-belief. I'm not saying that's what, what cured me. But it definitely played a very big part because I honestly believe that you can you can beat cancer through nutrition and through lifestyle changes. I honestly believe that. But if you yourself believe it in it one wholeheartedly, it's definitely a, a, a plus. It's definitely going to help you even further. As I said, that and that that surge of energy that I had that I felt. Um, that just that was for me the last straw. I knew this this is the way it was going. I was going to survive, you know. So um, I, I honestly I see it as science. Um, as you mentioned, there is as you mentioned there is a difference between a, a lab experiment and the human body. But here I am, and there are quite a few people. Um, well, actually, I wanted to ask you that. Is is there now yeah. quite a large cohort? of people that have essentially been through the same experience as you. Yeah. Um, I was interviewed by Chris Watts um, about three or four weeks ago, who who basically did exactly what I did with the cancer in America. He's a, he's a young man, though. He had, um, he had cancer at a very young, early 20s, if I remember correctly. Um, and... We, know, we didn't do the same diet or anything like that. Not exactly, but very similar. He did a lot of juicing and stuff like that. That doesn't work for me because I, I, don't, I don't do fruit because there's so much sugar in fruit. Even though it's natural fruit, it's still sugar for me. Um, I do vegetables. I do juice, but vegetables, uh, especially beetroot. I love beetroot juice. I can drink it every day, all day. Um, <laughs> That but, sounds potentially very messy. Get a bit of that on your shirt. That isn't going to shift. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is, yes. But yeah, I, I am. It, it is true. There are many of us out there that have 
lived longer, that have cured cancer uh, through nutrition, through the, through the pH um, way of doing things. Right. And so ha have you come across um, scientists getting actually really interested <clears throat> and, you know, sort of coming to you and wanting to know what you've done uh, and, and seeing if they can emulate that or study what's happened a little bit more as is a scientist getting interested in this as far as you know no not uh, not directly with myself um, there's a lot of interest about it and whenever i speak i do a lot of public speaking and quite often there are doctors there and they ask me a lot of questions there's a lot of interest that comes from it but there's there hasn't really been anybody that's approached me um you know to to do um like an experiment or anything like that. Yeah, all right. Um, I'll, I'll but just yeah, give some information just, on what you do. All right. Um, yeah. So let me ask another question, which is a, it might be a bit unfair. I'll, mm -hmm. I'll ask it anyway. You don't have to answer it. Um, have, have people come to you and said, look, I've just had a diagnosis of cancer and yeah. I know you've, a diagnosis you had a bad time yet you're still here 12 years on you know give me some help give me some thoughts and i i is that is that something that uh, you would you would even do or consider because you know it's a pretty personal thing isn't it yeah i do it all the time uh, and i have for for quite a few years now already i just want to make very certain as everybody knows i'm not a health professional now, I don't tell anybody what to do. All I do is I tell them my story. Mm -hmm. And I tell them what I do and did and still do and, and hope to do, etc. Uh, very important. Um, I've meant, as I said, I call it mentoring because it's, I think that's what it is. I, it's a very personal thing because the person you are you are mentoring and yourself there are no secrets it's it's very open so um it's actually a very good thing um some people have taken on board what i've told them and done well got over cancer not all of them i have i'll be very honest with you as well um have lost a few people along the way mm -hmm. um, but and many people don't take it on board many people just say can't do this can't do it i'm going to enjoy the last few months of my life eat what i want drink what i want do what i want um, until the end um, i think that's i think i yeah, I've I've um, experienced both sides of that, um, but definitely helped many people with with the story, uh, right. with my story, with telling them my story. As I said, it's it 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 depends also on the type of cancer, how far into it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Of course, there are a lot of I, I'm not uh, I'm not blue eyed either. I know you know cancer is a killer. I know that. It's, uh, and I know the facts of cancer, but it's um, the first step of this is is taking on board what you are told, what I am what I am telling them, and actually doing it. You know, there's this huge there's a huge difference between understanding something intellectually, 
and actually doing it. Huge difference. It's like sure. um, you can understand, you can see, yeah, it makes sense to me. pH value, sugar, no sugar, you know, all that. You can understand that. But if you if you are not willing to actually put it into motion, as right. Einstein said, action has genius, then um, then that's it, you know. So um and it works the other way around as well. You can put something into motion that you don't understand. You know, you can turn the light on and the bulb comes on. You might not understand how the electricity works. So, you know, yeah, I, I guess that comes down to faith to some extent or just belief. Not, I'm not I don't necessarily mean faith in a, a God or anything, but faith yeah. that something might work for you. Absolutely. That's that's the part of what I said before um, as well. 50% is what you eat. 50% is what you think. You have to have a positive attitude towards it. You have to. I mean, it's that's just. But you have to have a positive attitude to anything. If you go into business thinking it's going to fail, it's going to fail. Yes, yes absolutely. Ninety nine point nine percent of the time. So, um, you know, if you if if you see a beautiful girl and you want to speak with her, you've got to do it. You've got to go over there. You know, be positive and do it. It. She isn't going to come to you. Well. 99.9% of the time, not, you know. Yeah, it's that's just... my experience as well, yeah. Good. All right, so there's, there's another uh, question, which I, I think it must be at the front of everyone's mind who, who's listening to this. It's certainly at the front of, of my mind. And again, it might be a bit unfair, but, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll ask it anyway. And that is, what sort of questions and considerations do you, would you suggest that people think about if they were to be, you know, find themselves in a similar situation to, to you were, you know, those, those 12 years ago? I, I think the, the most important thing is they, they, they have to become part of the process of their health. They must stop handing their health over to other people. Of course, they're professionals and everything else, but it's still, as I mentioned right in the beginning, Nobody's going to fight for your life the way you are. And that is, I think, I think, Mike, that is the most important thing. And be open. Be open to, I, 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 can, I can explain it to you this way. When you open your closet, do you only have one designer's clothes hanging in there? Most people say, no, of course not. Then I go, so why do you do that with your health? Why do you not look at what's out there and use what works for you. Not everything works for everybody either. We all know that. Right. Um, but use what is available to you um, and that works for you. Why not? I mean, it's, you don't buy, you don't, you know, when you buy a car, you don't just buy one, make your whole life. Why? You buy what fits you, what suits you. If you, if you're a young man, you want a sports car later on, Perhaps you're living in the country and you need an SUV, a Jeep or something. So, you know, that's how I see it. It's not, it's, you've got to, you've got to use what, first of all, is out there. And second of all, that's going to help you. And be open, be open-minded to it. I must it's, admit, um, my and it's not, the, the one thing that, that I always say as well, and it's not, it must never be one or the other. You can... The integrative approach, I think, is probably the best way of doing this. Use the one to assist the other. 
use supplementation. When you're going through chemo, use the supplementation that's going to help you, your, your blood, your, your platelet count, keep it up. That's going to help your recovery quicker. Um, or even have the chemo done quicker through, through supplementation, through, you know, that kind of thing. That's, I think, I think that's the, 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 the best that I can say to people. Use the one to assist the other one. And it doesn't matter which way around you do it. What's the, what's the difference? As long as it helps you, as long as it works. That, I, that's absolutely what I was going to, I was going to suggest that before, before you said it. And that's, that, that's, yeah. you know, so well said, because presumably you can have chemotherapy and have a diet, uh, a, a diet such as yours. Um, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, it can only help you. It cannot not help you if that makes yeah. any sense. Do no know, harm. So. That's what all doctors are told, isn't it? aren't they? So, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Absolutely fascinating. And as I, you know, as we've said, you know, this is twelve years ago. You're now fit and well, and you're running marathons. And um, yeah. not only that, I want to just explore a little bit about what you've achieved um, with UK Health Radio, what you think the future of it might be, that that sort of thing. Let's have a bit of a summary of where we are with UK Health Radio. Okay, so when I started UK Health Radio, we were we had two listeners. I was one of them, and I think <laughs> Raffaella was the other one. She's never admitted it, but I can <laughs> I know it was her. <laughs> Today, um, twelve years later, well, well, yeah, it, it's been a twelve-year journey. But UK Health Radio officially was ten years old in December mm -hmm. because um, it took me a while to get it started and everything else. Um, Today we have. 1.3 million listeners worldwide. We have listeners in 56 countries. We are on uh, 15 podcast platforms worldwide since beginning of December last year, 2022. Um, we have the most amazing health magazine. It's called Health Triangle Magazine. <clears throat> um, that that boasts 60, 70, 80 pages of only health, but no light blue, gray health magazine stereotype. This thing is vibrant. It's alive. It's colorful. It's beautiful. It's, it's really important. And it's only health. There's only health in there. We've got, we've got a film review and, and, and small things like that. But for the rest, it's pure health. Right. And, um, and very importantly, it's it's not a lot of people that hear my story. They think, okay, so it's probably only natural health. Well, the same with UK Health Radio. It's not. We do not differentiate. We air and publish the latest information on health. As I, as I said to somebody the other day, it doesn't matter. It's quite quite often I don't agree with what's airing on UK Health Radio. But that doesn't mean I I shouldn't air it. It doesn't give me the right to withhold the information um, because I don't agree with it. Okay. Well, so that is, I think that's very important about UK Health Radio. People don't realize it, that it's not 
only natural health or only mainstream health. It's it's a mixture of everything and anything we can, good quality information that we can put out there and true information, very important. Yeah. Well, certainly I, a lot of the stuff that I have on my show is you would class as mainstream, um, I would suggest, but I do, I do have yeah. some alternative yeah. topics as well. In general, do you think that the, uh, there's an, an appetite for alternative type health information and topics uh, and that appetite is, is growing? I think so. I think especially in the, what I mentioned before, in that integrative approach, in the, the one assisting the other one, it might not be that the people are going completely from mainstream health over to the natural health side. I don't, in certain cases, I'm sure it is like that. But but generally, I think it's more that the openness to to use more naturally orientated things to assist uh, their health in in all the other ways. So I think I definitely think that appetite is growing considerably. Um, the pandemic, and I'm I might be opening a can of worms here, but the the pandemic has definitely shifted a lot of people's minds towards natural remedies. It really has um, as well. Um, and so, yeah, I think, I definitely think there is, there is a, a growing interest in it. And even from the, even within the health profession, there's a growing interest in it. My son studies um, naturopathic medicine um, here in London and uh, a part of the course, not necessarily, not necessarily in his course now, but I know of, of of doctors, of health professionals that are doing an extra nutrition or naturopathic or whatever courses because they even even from that point of view there has been a shift in um, in it. So yeah, definitely, I definitely think that that people are. Um, open to opening up more to it as as time goes by i don't know if you know this mike but 75 percent of the world's population still rely on traditional herbal medicine it's only us in the western world where it's so all focused on on mainstream medicine i, I don't want to use pharmaceutical and alternative and all these phrases that it's been given you know but um, that's literally 75% of the world population still uses traditional herbal remedies successfully. Mm. So it's, it's not, it's not um, a new thing or an, an outcast. It's, it's probably older than the pharmaceutical industry, you know? So there is, there is this, this, huge, this huge shift in it, definitely. Yeah, no, I, I've detected people being cer certainly having an interest uh, in it as well. All yeah. right, so you, you've built UK Health Radio up. You've got 1.3 million listeners each month all over the, all over the world. Uh, what next for UK Health Radio? What, what's what's uh, next in the pipeline? Um, next in the pipeline, and I have to say this is in the, this is still in the beginning stages, very much so, is... Um, a bit of television, so not mainstream, not normal TV, but online television. So 
Apple TV, that kind of thing. Um, and the other thing that that I've always been very interested in, um, well, the last few years, very interested in and, and part of one as well is a is a is a, a mastermind, a health. Um, I'm in a business mastermind, but I'm thinking of creating a health mastermind uh, for UK Health Radio. We have, you know, we have all these health experts on UK Health Radio that can all help and all contribute towards um, people's health. And if if there is a if there is a possibility to do this, it's it's never been done in the health sector, so we're working on it at the moment. Don't know if it's going to work as it would in the business world, for example, but I can't see why not. All right. Well, it's, it's good that there are even more plans for UK Health Radio. I'm very, I, I really love being part of the UK Health Radio family myself. So, Johan, certainly thank you from me to you for making the whole thing happen, starting it up. Um, and thank you very much just now for you know telling us uh, some of your story. Thank you, Mike. It's been great being on your show. Thank you very much to my guest, Johan Ilgenfritz, this week, talking about his life, his health, and uh, his UK health radio. And of course, thanks to you for listening. Thanks for listening to the Relax Back UK show. Join me, Mike Dilk, again next week for more fascinating interviews and chat. If you're listening to the podcast version, please subscribe, like, and share it with your family and friends. And have a healthy week. Until next week.